of What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We continue today in Matthew chapter 3, moving on to verses 4 through 6. On our previous study, taken from the opening three verses of this third chapter, we begin our look at the man, John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah. Matthew tells us that he was the one referred to by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 40 verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. And that was all that John the Baptist ever claimed for himself. And his purpose was to prepare the way for the Lord. Now, here in verses 4 through 6, Matthew gives us some insight as to the appearance of this man. We see that he has a strange diet and an unusual way of dressing. We are told that he never shaved and had long hair. He's an unusual man, but a man with a mission. He's really an Old Testament character walking out of the Old Testament onto the pages of the New Testament. He is the last of the Old Testament prophets. Matthew also tells us about the crowds of people that went out to hear his message and how they left their old lives and turned to new lives. Here now are verses 4 through 6, and Matthew writes, John's clothing was woven from camel's hair, and he wore a leather belt. His food was locust and wild honey. People from Jerusalem and from all over the Jordan Valley, and, in fact, from every section of Judea, went out to the wilderness to hear him preach. And when they confessed their sins... He baptized them in the Jordan River. Jesus, 
The Holy Spirit was on this man and on his message. The people came from all over Judea to hear his preaching. Apparently, his message was something that the people were longing to hear and were not hearing from Israel's religious leaders. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Would you listen to a preacher who was clothed with camel's hair and a leather belt and whose diet was locusts and wild honey? To make things more difficult, he was preaching in a rugged, desolate wilderness called the Wilderness of Judea, an area just above and just west of the north end of the Dead Sea. Here's how the first gospel writer Matthew describes John the baptizer. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Matthew 3, 4-6. John preached two points, repentance and the coming of the kingdom of heaven. Normally, a lecturer or a preacher will go where the people are. He will find the biggest population centers and begin there, but not John. Interesting. He preached in the unpopulated, hostile desert between Jerusalem and the Jordan Valley. He preached that people of this mostly Jewish audience would repent, confess their sins, and be baptized. I spoke about repentance yesterday. Repentance is always a necessary prelude to a special work of God. Repentance is also always necessary for a human to experience God's grace. Grace means nothing unless man sees the need for it. Conviction of sin leads to repentance and forgiveness, and it leads to the experience and appreciation of God's grace. Now, Matthew mentions that John's message also included confession. This would be familiar to the Jews well-versed in the Hebrew Old Testament. While confession has different meanings, here John speaks of confession of sin, and it is linked to forgiveness of sin. Confession meant that sin was acknowledged and that forgiveness was desired. It meant even more than that. It meant that the confessed sin would be forsaken with the help of the Lord so that there would be agreement between profession and practice. John, in his letter in chapter 1, verse 9, clearly connects confession with forgiveness. He writes, If we confess our sins, he, referring to Christ, is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Those are tremendous words. Sin need not stand between man and God. It can be removed. It takes honest repentance and confession to Christ. He and he alone is our priest and mediator, and he and he alone can forgive the sin. John called his audience to honest repentance and confession. Since Christ hadn't yet come along, the confession was evidently to be made to God himself. Upon such action, John baptized in the Jordan. While repentance and confession was not revolutionary, baptism for the Jews was. Baptism was reserved for Gentiles 
who wanted to convert to Judaism. Included in the requirements was self-immersion in water. John's baptism was revolutionary on at least two counts. He did the baptizing, and these weren't Gentile pagans, but Jews. The Jews did not feel the necessity of baptism because they already were the covenant people of God. Now John came along and insisted that they be baptized like the pagans, the proselytes. Perhaps John saw that the Jews had all but lost their covenant standing with God. He struck down their pretensions and claims of national and personal merit before God. Merit never saved anyone anyway, and it still doesn't. Salvation never comes because of some merit. John had come to realize that the Jews needed to come just like the converts from paganism. They had no special standing before God. The amazing thing is that the common Jews felt the need for something, something drastic, and they came from all over the country. What John had to say, they needed to hear. Sin drove them to see the need for salvation, and they wanted to know how. John the baptizer lived only to prepare the way for the Savior, Jesus Christ. I say again, evidently Israel had come to the place where the common people realized the urgency of John's message. Evidently sin had reached such proportions that the people were fed up. John preached about sin and the necessity of repentance, and the people flocked to hear him in the desert. Clearly, they felt the need for what he had to say. Sin had so overwhelmed them that they finally realized that something needed to happen, and they came. They listened, believed, and were baptized on their confession of faith. While John's first point in this message was repentance, that concerned salvation. The second was the kingdom of heaven is near. Old Testament writers had often predicted the coming of a theocracy, a world where God would rule. Now Matthew, referring to Jesus the Messiah as king, announces that that kingdom would become a reality. The king had arrived. Matthew did not explain what form that kingdom would initially take, nor when that utopia on earth would be realized, but that it would center on this person, Jesus the Christ. Without losing it, why can't I grow without pain? Why can't I live for you, Lord, without dying? There must be an easier way. There was no easier way for you. There was no easier thing. with me through every day. 
What's News, a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 840H after California, 93263, USA.